Shut up and sit down. Welcome aboard, everybody. This is episode 251 of Third Shift. It is I, the awesome sauce, the master of contraptions, Mr. Eric here today. And with me, of course, is my accomplice in crime, the inglorious bastard himself, Mr. Matt. It's a weird episode, let me tell you. A little little behind the scenes, I'm going camping all week, so I'll be gone. So this episode is actually being shot like two days after we just did the other episode. It's just... I don't feel right. Something's it's just off right now. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it is not Thursday of next week. It is not that. What are we doing here? I don't know. But we are here. You do make a valid point. <laughs> but two seconds in, like after this, when you're like, hey, Matt, what's up? And I'll be, it'll be back to, it'll be back to normal. It's fine. Cause I actually have a list of things that I'm going to do this week or have done already this week. It's fantastic. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> in the video game front, I've been playing Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, the Conflict of Interest, the fan game I talked to you guys about last episode, and I had a beautiful moment. Last night, when I was sitting at home chilling, I didn't do my usual routine, I just played that game nonstop. I played through the fourth case, and it was one of those beautiful moments where like a piece of evidence came up, and I went, okay, I know exactly what really happened, I get it. His name wouldn't be on this list unless that person was the one who actually did the thing. I get it. And then it was like, you know, 30, 45 minutes of getting to the point where Phoenix, right, the character goes, oh, no, the only choice I have left is this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But it was beautiful because the writing was so good and the timing of music cues, sound cues, like the physical animations that the characters went through and the way that Phoenix interacted with the scene was so good that it still hooked me. Like, I was, it still pulled at all my emotions, even though I knew exactly what was going to happen. It's like when you see that movie that you've seen a thousand times, but the acting and the direction and everything is just so good that you still get, like, the chills. It was that. And I went, damn, this is great. This is really good, especially for a fan game. I can't believe it. Also, other things I did in real life. Hey, I went to a ball game. I got a big sunburn. You can see it starting to develop on my arm right now. It's going to be a great Ooh. week. Just sunburned knees and arms and face. And, and every single person I see at work going, huh, looks like somebody got some sun over the weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> did you get, get some sun over the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> that's what you get for going out and seeing a ball game, Matt. That's the, that's the punishment you pay for going out and doing fun things in the world. And then people go, what'd you do? Hey, hey. <laughs> you got, it looks like, looks like you got some sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm getting bitter. Stop it. Can't do that. No. The other thing that I will have done by the time this episode comes out, I will have seen the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard because I'm going to go see that tomorrow as I'm recording this. A few days ago as you're listening to this, I'm assuming it's going to be a fun time because I don't know because I haven't seen it yet, but I will have seen it by this time next. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be, man. And that's it for me this week. Hey, Eric, what are you? What have you done this week? You drove up and you started camping and you did things. <laughs> well, yeah, that's <laughs> it, Matt. I'm at the campgrounds having such a great time. I got family and friends on board. We're, we're going out there. We're playing putt-putt golfs and activities for the kids, fireworks, the whole nine. Such a glorious time. But in all reality, I haven't done that part yet. To everybody listening, when you listen, that's what I'm going to be doing. That's what I'm up to. So just so you know, that is where I am when you're listening to this. Now, 
What I have done, though, like you, is I actually accomplished quite a bit. Did a bunch of trim for the house, did some birthday party stuff, did some fun real-life kind of things. You know what I'm saying? Got, got some mowing done, got some stuff done. Video game side, though. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complain for half a second. And it's a sad complaint because I was playing Final Fantasy Intermission. I believe I'm at the last that's, boss. That's not, that's not what it's called. That's not what yes, it's called. Yes, Intermission. Intergrade is the actual overall like PS5 version, but Intermission is the stupid, yuffy little portion. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's, it's square, man. It's square. It makes no sense. And they got to make everything complicated. So I'm just trying to correct myself and correct the whole thing because it's two separate titles. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. It's dumb. So, anywho's, I think I'm on the last boss, and of course, anybody listening, uh, the first letter of the baddie, his name has the letter N. So, just so you understand where I'm at, so maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. Either way, it doesn't matter. They're doing the same thing they did with the other Final Fantasy, Matt, and that's have, like, boss fight, 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 boss fight. And I'm like, ah, I didn't like it in FF7 Remake. And I don't like it right now. I just don't think it's necessary. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't understand why they got to do like five boss fights in a row to end the whole thing. It's unnecessary. Have like one or two. I can see two. You know, that's a kind of a RPG trope. Right. They, you, know, you fought the boss, and that wasn't actually the one pulling the strings. <laughs> I'm the Joker of the universe. <laughs> I was here. That's what you do. You don't go boss fight. Boss fight. Oh, it's the same person, but now they're in the thing. Boss fight ultra. Nope. Boss fight ultra with a pet. Okay, you did it. Wow, you thought you had it? No. That was my. That was just me. Now I'm jumping out. Here's my pet that's actually the boss. <laughs> now I'm ultra mega boss. <laughs> and of course, the reason I'm crying and whining about this whole thing is because I can't beat it. <laughs> and so now I got to go back and grind. And I'm like... Ah, I'm here at the end. Just, I was having a great time. I was loving it. I was, I was eating it up like a freaking candy cane. And now I'm like, oh, now I gotta go grind for four, six hours, and then come back and do it again. Like I don't want to do that. I just want to have fun and laugh and have a great time. When you were talking about bosses that evolve into secondary forms, I went, you know, there's a great game that did this right. There were a couple times when it happened. It didn't happen a lot. There was a little bit of a boss rush area in one of the areas, but it, they didn't do it all the time. It wasn't the only thing at the end, and that was called Persona 5. Uh-huh. And they did it perfectly. Yeah, they and did. And even it. when there was like two boss fights in a row or that little bit of a boss fight at the end of the palace that goes like this through the water, uh, it was still perfectly done and fine, and it was fun, and you didn't like, oh, no, I got to go grind some more. It's just, how does this happen, Eric? How does it happen? How It's 20... 21 right now uh-huh. how do games still just be like oh well you just need to kind of just brute force your way through all these big walls we put at the end of our games how is that still a thing i i think it's because the japanese market you know they don't like and that's not even an excuse because persona did it right mm-hmm. so even some of those yahoos know better i just don't get it and especially now with this weird battle system that you got where you can swap and pop and do these things and he's doing that thing and you're doing that thing, it feels like it should at least be designed where by default, if you pull like two strings out of the four or five that you can pull, you did it. You got, you'll got you get through it. Uh-huh. There should always be a super complicated solution, but there should be just a regular, hey, you understand the system. 
booping and bopping and you did it. Mm-hmm. But if there's ever a point where it's just like, you're just not strong enough, even with the weird system we got, you just can't do it. That's that's a failure. He's just hitting so hard that without an extra 150, 200 DPS or HP, you're just not pulling enough weight. Like, that's just bad design, in my opinion. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. I haven't played it to do it myself, experience it myself, but it just sounds bad. It sounds wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to, before I go grind, I'm going to go research a little bit. I'm just going to, I'm not going to cheat. You know, I won't look past what this boss is, but I'm going to go look at this boss and see if there's something I'm missing because the weaknesses phase in and out. And I know, I know most of them, but maybe there's one I'm missing that like would boost me just enough to get past the spot where I'm at, where he just goes all crazy and starts doing like these giant moves that just freaking wreck you constantly or like there's something like on the wall at that point that you got to hit to make the thing happen. yeah or so, if there's weird. or yeah or if there's like a ribbon or some kind of div- tr- talisman i can put on you know what i mean that would make me immune to the the darkness damage or whatever you know that kind of thing get that little hint that little pointer boom i could beat it without grinding otherwise i'm gonna have to go back and grind and i will admit i screwed up myself earlier in the game there was a chance to get a summon ramu and I wasn't able to beat him. I, I could not figure out how to beat Ramu. And I just kept pushing ahead because I was having so much fun. And then here I am at the end now without the summon I could have got. And, of course, having a summon would probably be that extra edge I needed. I'll bet money. That having that summon run around throwing lightning bolts at the dude would probably be that little extra. Maybe I can go back. I don't know. I don't think I can, but possibly. So we'll see. All I know is it's frustrating. I was there. I was having a great time. And then pop right in the face. Here I am. Roadblocked again. Yay. <laughs> so, of course, in the meantime, I said, all right, take a break. Play uh, Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart. Man, that game's gorgeous, Matt. It's gorgeous. It's so much fun. It's super, I won't say it's easy, but, you know, it's just playable. Yeah. Like, I'm not having no issues. There's nothing getting in my way, I'm just exploring environments, killing baddies, rotating through the guns, having a good time, blowing things up, upgrading said guns when I get the rare toniums. The story is, you know, it's there, it's fun, it's cool. Man, it's I don't it's not the reason I play these types of games for sure. I play it for the fun fun platformer time. No, no, Eric. We discussed this on a previous episode. This is the greatest Ratchet and Clank story that's ever been made. They're going through <laughs> trauma, and they're overcoming things, and everything's changing. It reminds me of The Last of Us 2. I remember. I'll never forget that. So you got to tell me, how how is it like Last of Us 2? How has it eclipsed the greatest storytelling performance that's ever, ever been written by anything? All right. I'll let you know when I get to the points that make it that way. Okay. But so far, that is not. there's no points that make it that way. <laughs> It's very simple and goofy and definitely ratchet and clanky. So I, I don't see that yet, but hey, I'm not, I'm only like four hours in, so definitely could come to that point at some some point, you know. I don't know. I see that there's some tension going on with the two main characters, Ratchet, well, Ratchet, Clank, and then the third rivet. But, you know, there's some emotions happening a little bit, but it's, it's not that deep. Not yet. Not there yet. So that's what I've been up to. That's my week. So far, it's been fantastic. I can't wait to see what the future holds for me. And the future is the past, because what we're going to talk about is the stuff that happened last week. We're doing E3 Part 2, and I was afraid, because I came home today, and I was like, okay, I'm tired. It's it's whatever night we're recording this. i got to go to work in the morning. I went, man, I don't know. Maybe I'm not really feeling it. And I went to this little device, my little phone. 
And I went, okay, I know what's going to get me into it. And I watched that Outer Worlds 2 trailer again. And the hair rose up on my sunburned arm. And my skin, like, crackled and, and it hurt. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah. And I pumped my fists in the air. It was just as good the third time that I've seen it as it was the first. And I went, okay, I'm excited for video games again. I'm excited to talk about E3 again. I watched a couple other trailers on here to refresh my brain and refresh my memory. So here we go. We're just going to go do it. Hey, I'm starting it off. I'm going to say we're talking about Devolver. Devolver's press conference. Uh Did you like it? Did you love it? What games are in it that got you hyped? I got a list of a few games on here myself. Go where it go. All right, so Devolver was just great. Yeah. All right, the whole presentation, so much fun. They always do it. They always make it fun. This one, they took a, a swing in a different direction. Instead of going the crazy gore, whack job craziness this time around, they were they were kind of doing that weird, I don't know, just some just some back end strangeness. It, it, it felt right. It felt good. Mm-hmm. I liked how she was like all of a sudden just the secretary again, yeah. hanging out, you know what I mean? Then just normal, and then all of a sudden getting brought back with the crazy CEO. And I loved the part where the CEO is like walking, and she just explosions behind her, and she totally played that off. She didn't, she didn't budge, she didn't flinch, she never like did the oh god. She let it all happen, it even explode right in her face, and she didn't even flinch about it. I was like. Mm-hmm. Not many people can do that, all right? I'd like to see someone shoot off one of those stupid rocket punch things right in your face and you not flinch or move even an ounce. I'd like to see it. So that was very impressive. I don't know how many takes it took, but she did it. And I got to say, I love that press conference so much. They actually had a bunch of merch just for the press conference itself for their for their showcase. And so I had to go order it. Like they had ridiculous stuff like the VHS tape they talked about. Oh, it was I love literally it. on sale one <laughs> of one for like 6000 bucks. The Devolver Digital suit that one dude was wearing, mm-hmm. they had that for like 500 Obviously, I didn't go that crazy, but I went and got the Devolver Digital digital max pass like subscriber for life t-shirt that has all the stuff yeah it was good i was like i can't you know i am gonna get some of these games obviously but i have to show support for something that creative and fun so i had to get the shirt i instantly just went phone yep shirt bought it's done now you say that i should go see if they got some of those shirts still because i'd love one too I, i it was just it was a fun presentation and they always do it but it felt even better this year for some reason. Just them kind of picking fun at the whole video game industry and what they're doing to make money constantly and yeah. screwing the screwing the consumer over, you know, with all their BS and stuff. I love it, and I love I love the most how they pick fun at it. They screw with it, but it doesn't change anything. You know, everything it it is what it is. We all pay our dues. We all come on board, and we all know the game. But still, it's nice to see a little bit of. Hey, we all do know that some of this is really heinous and stuff. Hey, here you go. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just the game. You know, that's what we do. So the presentation, awesome. Game-wise, you know, I don't play too many Devolver games. It's it's kind of like one and out of every ten that I go, oh, that's for me. But I do believe it was here, man. Remember, like I said, I had to watch this stuff all out of whack. It was Trek to Yomi, right? That was in the Devolver one, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. Okay, because I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. It was like one of the first ones they showed, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah. And if I am, sorry. Like I said, I, it, for me, it was all like... But it was in that one. And I saw that, and instantly, I just I had a hunger. I had such a hunger to go back to that samurai action. Man, you know, playing one samurai game that was just 10 out of 10 fantastic. Hopping into another one with this, which was this beautiful, beautiful, like, side-scrolling action. 
you were doing and you were just getting these awesome fights they had the backdrops all set up super cool like with the the petals falling in some of the instances the sun setting that kind of thing going on and the music was just on point everything was hitting in that trailer and i was just like yes this i'm on board with this game i want to play i want to buy and i can't wait to check it out uh unfortunately i don't know when that one's coming i don't know if it even had a release date but i will be following trek to yomi out of the others, that was about it, I think. No, it wasn't, you idiot. You but I'm going to no, jump in here, on, and I'm going to say, I'm no, no, no. I'm going to jump in here and talk about a game that I'm excited about, because it's a game that I have been excited about. It got its release date here in the press conference. I keep saying press conference, in their video thing mm-hmm. that they did. It was Death's Door, that isometric, I'm assuming roguelike action, sort of platform, but, but not really, you know, big giant bosses bouncing all around the screen. You play as a crow who's taking a message to somewhere. I can't remember what the actual details of the story are, but it doesn't matter because you watch that game in action and it looks fantastic and amazing. I've been talking about it for a little while now since they first revealed it. Now it's coming out July 20th. Boom, right around the corner. Just like everything is right around the corner. They didn't show off a lot new, but that release date is new. There we go. I'm excited for it. Okay, so I'm not going to accept the idiot part because... I'm not interested in that game, but I will say, yes, it looks beautiful. Yes, it looks wonderful. And I was previously interested in that game. However, I played Hades and didn't like it. And now I'm like, okay, this isn't going to be... It's beautiful, it's awesome, but it's not going to be for me, man. Okay? So you are, you are two times an idiot. One, because Hades is wonderful and I don't care. It's great. It was a fantastic game. One of my games of the year. That's a soft one. Damn but it, two, I wasn't calling you an idiot for Death's Door. I was calling you an idiot for the next game that you're going to talk Uh-oh. about. Oh, no. Oh, what did I miss? How could you forget about Inscription? You literally talked oh, to me about it on God, Friday over there. It's that right was here. here. That was one of the games <laughs> they showed off. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Because I, I saw it, and I saw cards, a hand of cards, and then I saw a person marching through like a little pathway on, a, mm-hmm. on like a board game, you know, going through a thing. And I went, is this another Slay the Spire? And I went, I can't tell because it's all so weird and things are cropping up and things are like happening off the table, kind of in like a hand of fate kind of way. You have somebody across from you at certain points. Things are happening in the room that you're in while you're playing the cards. The cards are telling you to do different things. It's not just like lay cards down and it happens. All kinds of weird stuff in this trailer. I don't really know what's happening, but I want this. This dark-themed, creepy, like unnerving, gothic, strange, like blood rituals are happening. Some kind of things going on. Oof. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. So, yep, I'm an idiot. Now, I'll take partial credit for the idiot part because inscription, yes, we talked about it. But between... Thursday and now I'd forgotten who the hell had showcased the damn game. And so I'm looking at it. I was looking at inscription. I'm like, I don't know who did this one. I don't remember. I'm screwed. I want to talk about it, but I have no idea. Maybe Matt will mention it first and then I can go, yeah, yeah of course it was Devolver. You know what I mean? I was going to play it off and instead I get to be an idiot and you get to laugh at me and be mean to me. You should have known just because of how weird it is that it had to be a Devolver, Devolver game. Devolver game. Yes. Ah, like you, Matt. I saw this trailer, and I, I was like, I don't know. First off, like you said, I started sort of the card game thing going on. I'm like, eh, card games are hit and miss for me. I do like some card games, but I get frustrated sometimes. But then the darkness and the weird, crazy, like the just bizarro land of all this, I was like, yeah, 
I have to play this game. Mm-hmm. This thing is insane. This looks like somebody just went off the wall, murdered their family and friends, killed a bunch of goats, did something weird, went back in their basement. And while they were in a state of mind, they made this game. And now we're getting inscription. And I'm like, yeah, I got to play a game made by people who thought that this stuff was going to be great because it looks crazy and awesome. So last one on Devolver Digital for me. This is one I don't know if I'm going to play it, but it's going to be my instantly add to the play later queue on Games Pass if it ever comes there. And that's Demon Throttle, except it's not going to come there because it's physical only. So you can't uh-huh. have it on Games Pass. So that's also cool. So I'm going to have to get it just because it's physical only and it's going to be a special release through Limited special run. reserve games. Uh-huh. But it's a weird, like, kind of top-down Ikari Warriors or Commando-style game where you and a co-op buddy are doing all kinds of shooting bullet hell stuff. Big bosses are coming out in a totally totally retro 8-bit style. I don't know if this is going to be like straight up my alley 100%, but every time I watch the trailer for this and I see the little characters like jumping and shooting and bopping and like jumping over the big waves of bullets and I see the big bosses come out, I go, I really, I really want to play this game. So this one's on my list. It's not going to be, you know, a game of the year contender for me, but something that interesting and that retro of a style of game that I played a ton when I was a kid on the Nintendo. Like, it looks like a Nintendo game come to life in the modern era here. I'm excited for it, and I'm going to have to get it because it's going to be physical only, and if you don't get it in the first thing, then it's going to be a million dollars on eBay. So Demon Throttle's on my list. I saw that one come across, and that was definitely cool for everybody who's interested. That's not for me, but I do love the whole physical only, limited run edition. That's pure money right there. Because anybody who's like a collector, you know, trying to fill out the whole school, they're going to go for that. Even mm. if they don't like particularly enjoy or want to play play, they're going to go for it because they're going to want to add it to the collection and be one of the people who said, oh, yeah, did you get the the rare demon throttle? Huh? <laughs> I'm special. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's money in the bank. And, of course, Matt, we got we to gotta get to Xbox Bethesda, man. Mm-hmm. Okay? We got to get there. And I'm going to start off with the main one. Halo Infinite. The big dog. Alright, not too much was shown. They did a, a cool multiplayer trailer and a little extra on top of that. But, man, I'll tell you what. The old nostalgia. They were going for it. They hit it. That was it. I was like, man, watching that multiplayer trailer, I was like, this is old school Halo. I'm ready for this. I'm ready to hop in the freaking the old tr- the truck, flying around like an idiot. Hopefully the controls are just as bad, as crazy as they used to be. So I just crash inevitably into something and hop out and just go crazy. I was digging it. And then on top of it, they're like, hey, not only is this cool, not only is it nostalgic, but it's day one game pass, free for everybody. Multiplayer, mind you, not the campaign, but multiplayer. Free for everybody, cross-play enabled, so if you're on PC, Xbox, doesn't matter, you get to play this game, and you get to play with your friends. So I didn't have to have the argument with Matt about why we should check it out when it comes out. Because it's free. All Matt has to do is push the button, and me and him can check it out and see if it's something we like. And we would have had the argument, because I've never played Halo uh-huh. multiplayer, and I'm not a big Halo guy. So... All, when they were like, we're going to show off Halo Infinite. And I went, okay. And they showed the story trailer. And I went, that looks cool. But, meh. And then they went, we're going to show off the multiplayer. And I went, okay. Or I think this was one that I watched like the next day. Mm-hmm. IGN was like, they showed off the Halo Infinite multiplayer. Wow. And I went, okay. But then when they said, free to play, day one on Games Pass, 
cross-play with your buddies, I went, okay, now I have no excuse. You and I are going to play it. We're going to try it out. If it's for us, cool. If it's not, oh well, no money invested, no nothing. Uh-huh. There's no argument to be had, just like you said. I'm still not hyped for it because I never had the Halo hype memories before, but it'll be something cool to try out and fun, and there's no excuse not to do it. Yeah, and that's the thing I love about Game Pass is it gives you no excuse to try all these awesome games, whether or not you would have played them or got them in the first place. If you got Game Pass, just check it out. Download it. Play it for a freaking two hours. Oh, not for you. Bloop. Off you go. On to the next. It's crazy awesome. I, it blows my mind. All the games, they were going exclusive Game Pass Day 1, exclusive mm. Game Pass Day 1. But before we move off of Halo, I will say the whole uh, campaign trailer, pretty cool. I'm I'm mixed, though, because I'm a, I was a huge Halo guy. I played them all, um, 1, 2, 3, ODST, Reach, and then I fell off at 5 and 6 or 4 and 4 or 5. I, in that range is where I fell off because I didn't buy the next-gen Xbox system. And so I'm kind of bent. Because I don't want to play those because I heard they're not good. I heard they're not anywhere up to the standard of the old school Halo. But I, I loved the story. You know, it was fun. It was cool. It was, it was different. I, I want to know what happens to Master Chief, Cortana. I hear Cortana, like, went crazy. They had to, like, kill her off or something. And then, of course, in the trailer, they're like, hey, you're the one who told me to help you get rid of her. But then you're like, she's like, but something ain't right because I was supposed to delete. And then I didn't delete. And then Master Chief's like, ha, 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 don't worry. I got it handled. So it's like, is he bringing Cortana back? I don't know the story. I don't know how everything came to be. But I want Cortana back. And it sounds like maybe that's what they're doing with this. I don't know. And I'm like, well, I'm interested. But I have these holes in my knowledge. And it's it's making me sad. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just go watch like the five-minute what you need to know from the last couple of Halos I missed or something to catch up. So I can get on board with this and be super hyped. Because I'm not super hyped just because I'm not with the current timeline but hey i'm still looking forward to it want to play it and if i've got the xbox game pass which i will i'm just playing it i don't gotta pay you know 70 bucks bada bing bada boom so we're gonna jump away from the biggest thing ever i'm gonna jump to a small thing which you probably won't have that much to say about i'm jumping to 12 minutes this is another game that when it first got revealed i went that looks really cool all taking place like in the top down view of this room you're a guy stuck and they said it literally like right in this either in this presentation or around it you're a guy stuck in a time loop reliving these 12 minutes over and over and over again and you see all kinds of crazy scenarios that are going on that can possibly happen during your playthroughs you're getting arrested you're getting beaten up your wife's leaving you all kinds of crazy stuff so i can't wait to play that because i love time loop games i love picking apart all the little ticking all the switches and pulling all the ropes and doing all the things I can't wait to find out what all you can do in here and get all the really bad endings, all the really good endings, all the really totally messed up endings. I can't wait to see what this is, get my hands on it, and mess with it. And they've got an all-star cast. Which I couldn't believe, yeah. Daisy Ridley's the female. They've got The cop is uh, played by uh, the dude from our, one of our favorite movies of all time, you know, Boondock Saints. You might know him from uh, The Lighthouse recently. I, I don't know his name as an actor because it's hard for me to remember actors' names. Horrible. Hey, listen, I you know what I don't. How you go with actors. Daisy Ridley and not Willem Dafoe? Get I out don't of here. know. I don't know because my brain is stupid and it just remembers little clips from things here and there. <laughs> Never the whole thing. It's too much, man. But you're right. I probably won't play it, but I'm tempted to just because of you know the star power involved and 
that's something big. If they're going to get attached to something, then there has to be something cool behind it. You know what I mean? There has to be like a fun story or something really neat. Some mm. kind of, especially Willem Dafoe. He only does like weird, crazy stuff that just piques his interest. So if he's on board, that means something in this story has, is weird or whack job or not what you'd expect. And I'm like, man, that seems like something I should check out. And then another one for me, I kind of want to play it because just because of what was shown off. It's something I've never participated in, a series I've never touched. But seeing how beautiful this game is makes me want to touch it and just mess around in it. I, I mentioned it as we were wrapping up. Microsoft Flight Simulator. Probably the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I'm not a planes guy. I'm not a, I'm not a simulator guy. But seeing the landscapes that you could fly around, over, through... Like, they had, like, the, the Red Bull stunt plane going in and under, like, the Golden Gate Bridge and stuff like that. All these places I'm never going to see, why don't, why, why don't I just see them in Microsoft Flight Simulator? And, you know, if I can get it for free or if it's on Games Pass Day 1, I can't remember if this was one of those games, why not get it and fly around and have a little bit of fun? It's not something I'm going to sink 10,000 hours into, but when I saw it and saw how gorgeous it was, like the Forza stuff, same thing. I'm not a racer guy, but when you saw those cliffs and those road signs and those vistas you were driving through like damn that looks amazing this looks amazing too well you're flying around matt i'm gonna be sailing the seas buddy and see if these pirates of the caribbean whoo doggy you all know i've loved sea of thieves since its inception before it was popular before everybody was like this game's the jam i was there sailing them seas in my little sloop by myself half the time with danny former member of the podcast Sometimes she'd be she'd be taking them buckets and scooping out the water, handling business. You know what I'm saying? It was such a good time. And it, ever since then, I get on once in a while, and I still go out there in my sloop, getting up the old treasure maps, popping on the islands, getting the treasures, taking them back. And every time, Matt, every time, it's unique. Every time something different happens, something weird happens, I get other players attacking me sometimes. I get them getting taken over with the ghost ships and stuff come popping up and scrap them, and I go running off. Always different events. And now, with this brand new Pirates of the Caribbean, I get my boy Johnny Depp coming in, handling business, brand new enemies, you know, under the water, above the water, the whole nine yards, a whole campaign, story to be had. Whether you can play it a solo with your friends, whatever, that's awesome. So now I can get on and play like a little mini campaign, have fun in this cool Disney story inside Sea of Thieves. And then on top of having that story, still the random fun events coming and happening with other players screwing my day over, you know, the world itself screwing me over, having a good time. Or even, hey, sometimes you get lucky because you get those big treasure chests, the bonuses, all that good stuff. I can't wait, you know. This is just an instant reason to get in there and play. And I've never been a big Sea of Thieves person. I did put it in my Play Later queue on Games Pass, so it has been sitting there. I needed a reason to jump in other than just, hey, try it out with Eric. Here's the reason for me to jump in, because I love those first three Pirates movies. As soon as I heard Tia Dalma's voice doing the intro, and then she started talking about stuff, and I went, what are they doing, Pirates of the Caribbean in here? And then, kapow, Johnny Depp is there, Captain Jack Sparrow's there, you're doing... All the stuff, all the all the little bits, like even little things like him trying to get the dog to give him the keys, it's all there. And I want to see all that again in whatever new kind of spin they put on this stuff. 
And then also experience, like you just said, all the crazy stuff in the world. This won't just be me jumping in and going, ah, go out into Sea of Thieves, do something. It'll be, I'm going to find whatever the trigger is for this. I'm going to start this. I'm going to play through a campaign. And if the rest of the world and the random events thing hooks me, then I'll be staying in there and pirating around. But this is my in right here. Something I love is now in this game I've been wanting to try. Boom, just hook it up to my veins. Give it to me. And I'll tell you what, what a few nights of drinking beers in Borderlands nights is going to be, man. I'm telling you now, drinking beers, sailing them seas, you know, cutting the sails, uh, looking at the map, checking out. Baddies come, other players come, we're over here manning the cannons, pow, 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 bailing water, patching up them holes, eating bananas. Whew, you're in for a treat. You're in for a treat, I'm telling you right now. And while you're over there in for a treat, Matt, I'll tell you what, you're going to tell me something special. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you better be feeding me the line for the intro that we're both <laughs> going to be talking about, having a treat and doing the thing, because this is where they showed off even more Back for Blood stuff. Mm-hmm. This has got to, that has to be your intro be. to that. That's got to be that. I, I was leading with it, but I okay. wasn't sure if you wanted to go somewhere else, because technically it was your turn. So I was like, well, I don't want to step on Matt's toes. But I'll tell you what, they came in strong, showcased some more Back for Blood, and I'm like, mm-mm-mm. And I will say, I still want to see more cohesive gameplay of it, because they still were like bits and pieces here and there, or here's the gameplay, and then it would cut to a non-gameplay camera showing off a cool thing happening. So I do still want to see more of that, but the Left 4 Dead multiplayer is in here now. And that is 100%, I wouldn't say game-changing, but game-changing Borderlands Nights. Because when you can be the big old fat boomer zombie thing, when I can be like the, the dude with the big old hand, and we can synergize and kill other people, and then whoop, flip the script the next round, and we can kill all those zombies because we're not idiots, except we are because we get drunk and we play games. Add that on top of the other Back for Blood, Left for Dead style co-op gameplay. I loved that multiplayer. I played so much of it in Left 4 Dead 2. It was so much fun every single time because you'd get a random role of the zombie. You couldn't like pick. I only want to be the hunter or the, you know, the guy with the tongue or the big uh-huh. boomer guy. It would be like, boom, here you are. Okay. Uh, and they would be in whatever position they were in. Your other people would be doing whatever. It was 100% different every single time. And I loved it. I can't wait to see that here. But I do still want to see like, a session of it. I want to see somebody playing through it like straight from start to finish, but I'm hyped. That was where I stood as well. As soon as they showed the PvP, I went, perfect. Perfect. Because I loved Left 4 Dead's campaigns, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But uh, typically after a couple, that was satiated, you know what I'm saying? I was like, alright, that's cool, man. That was a great time. What are we doing now? What are we up to? Here it is. Do a couple co-op missions or we do one, then do some PvP, then jump back into a, a just standard co-op if we're drinking too much and it's wild and we're getting our butts handed to us. This now just provided options for me and you in our lives playing this game. And for me, it was already a sold, but now I'm like, okay, there's there's no way I can't play this game now. Unless, like you said, I see something come along gameplay-wise and it's like, oh, this game's broken, it's, it's kind of garbagey, they were just showing you all the best parts which I really don't think is going to happen. Yeah. But I will wait just to make sure on this one. And I don't think it'll be broken or garbage, but I want to see that, like, the ups and downs that the original Left 4 Dead's had. I want to see them run through the same campaign twice and see the different spots that things pop in at. Uh-huh. You know, I want to see how emergent that gameplay is, which is what Left 4 Dead did so well. 
Exactly. Now, moving on from that, being emergent, being inside of a game, Battlefield 2042. This one's a weird one because I love Battlefield. I've played the hell out of all the Battlefields. I was forced to play them because my siblings all played them and told me they would never play a game with me unless I played this one. So I did it. But over the years, you know, if you're hit over the head with something that many times, you fall in love. And that's what I did. I haven't played the last couple because I don't like the World War One, World War Two stuff anymore. I'm just over all that. Well, World War One, not, but the weapons are so basic and boring to me. Not, not, not my jam. I love the the now or the future, and 2042 is that perfect mix. It's now, so you get you, everything's familiar, but everything's just slightly cooler than it is right now. And I'm like, yep. Give it to me. Then they've got this cool new zany stuff where the environment has like these giant, this giant tornado coming through, screwing up the buildings, blowing everybody away. They've got their usual, everything can be destroyed, you know, so the map changes as the game progresses, depending on what you do. All the different vehicles, all the different uh, weapons, all the different classes you can be. So you have different roles depending on what you're doing with different sets and pieces. Oh, I'm sold. I am sold. I can't wait. The only thing that was weird was it was showcased here in Xbox, but of course I'm not going to play it on the Xbox. I'll be playing it on the PS5. So that part's a little strange to me, but, you know, whatever. I'm still excited for the game regardless. I was going to say, this one's a maybe for me, because I've played I played only one Battlefield game. It was 1943 or whatever the one was that was exclusively on Xbox Live on the 360. I played that, loved it, absolutely loved it. Always meant to get into like the future Battlefield ones, and I just never got into it. I watched you play some Battlefield that one time I came into your house. Didn't click with me, didn't stick with me. Now, like you said, it's future. There's stuff that affects the environment. It's just future enough, so it's familiar, and I went... Maybe, maybe. And then you said, you're going to play it on PS5. And I went, okay, I'm not going to play it. Because if it was on Games Pass, on the Xbox, I could get it for, you know, some EA Play action. I would try it out. I would give it a shot. But on PS5, I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to give it a shot. Sorry, PS5 version. Well, there will be cross-play. So, I mean, you could play over there and just play with us over on our PS5s. That's possible. If that's possible, and I can play it for free via Games Mm -hmm. Pass, I'll give it a shot. I like the idea of Battlefield, but it, I've never played a lot with people. I played a lot with randos and loved what I did, but I've never been like in a squad, you know, doing the stuff mm-hmm. or playing it for a long time. So it's one of those that could be really fun, but I, I've never really played it. I don't really do it. Yeah, that's definitely a 50-50 for you. I don't know. I don't know. There's There's stuff I think you would like, but like when we play as a squad, we always coordinate and try to team up and... You know, I am following orders. I'm putting, you're, I'm putting my little follow, rocket yeah. on the end of the, end, end of the thing to go foom, foom, foom. That's what I'm doing. And that's the, that's the only thing is you're not going to want to stay as a team and do what we're supposed to do. You're going to be like, no, I'm playing as this. I'm going to just go find my little pocket and do my thing. And we'll be like, no, no, no. We need you to be uh, need you to be heels right now. Go, go get the medic and uh, follow Chad and heal him up. And see, that'll be the thing. Go follow Chad and just heal him. Okay. But I could just go over here and sneak into Charlie and cap it because I saw them all run off of Charlie. That's what I always did in 1943. And people would spawn on me because I was the only one there doing the actual gameplay thing. And that's how we would win stuff. And the, no, no, no. Just hang on. No, we're not going to do that right now. Nope. That ain't happening. Okay. It's off the table. Here I go. Off the table. I'm going to rip it off. It. I'm crickling it, it up. There Goodbye. it is. Goodbye, Battlefield. Well, for you, not for me. I'll be there playing it. Don't you worry, everybody. I'll tell you how that game is. 
And I don't know how many more you got for Xbox, but I got one more. That's it All for right. me. I was going to switch right, to something else. One last one. That's good. I, I figured you were going to slip off, but I can't let you go without talking about Bethesda's Redfall. Arcane Studios is the one working on this. I dug it. I was totally on board with like these different kind of vampires. All right, you get to choose your, you know, your hero with their different abilities, and then you go into this world where people have been jacked over by these vampires, and these vampires aren't just your typical vampires. It's like all the other different monster games these days, whereas every vampire has like different attributes. Some are sneaky with smoke mist abilities. Some are big old brutes coming at you. You know, all sorts of cool stuff. It didn't show a ton, mind you. I'm not gonna get overhyped for it right now, but the trailer was cool. I had a good time with it. Arcane puts out good stuff. Hey, guess what? Arcane worked on one of our favorite games. Wolfenstein Youngblood, Matt. Okay? So, you know, just maybe at least give them a shot. Give it a, give it a watch here and there when they put out some real gameplay, not just a CG. That's why I was absolutely not going to talk about it at all. I watched the trailer and I went, you gave me a CG trailer. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't care about CG trailers. I will never care about them at all until I see gameplay. Then I will have an opinion on it at all. Otherwise, you showed me a movie. Your movie looks neat, but that's a movie. I can't play a movie. That's true. Very true. However, I will say the movie was cool, was fun. It piqued my interest. I like this idea of different vampires doing different things and you, you know, having all your different skills and playing with buddies. That's a typical fun time that could be had. So I will watch Redfall, but we'll see. We'll see, Matt. And that was it. That was it for Xbox. That was it for Xbox. And up next is the big one. This is the big one on my list because I don't have anything other than just randos after this. It's Nintendo. And you know, I screamed about it. I literally yelled out and hooted and hollered. I think you did too in the end of the last episode. I'm starting off with a big one for me. Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. I loved the Advance Wars games. Now, I will say I had some issues with them sometimes because there were some maps where if you didn't do the right thing right off the bat instantly, you're dead. You had to do the map in a very specific way. So that is an issue I have with those games. But otherwise, they're awesome. I love these games because you, in some of those maps, you can play them just like I play any real-time strategy game. Capture all the things, get all the money, just churn those units out. Just churn and burn a million tanks, a million infantry. Here we go. But then there are those where you have to be very strategic because you don't have a base to churn out those units and churn and burn. So you have to play right and put your guy in the woods and sneak attack and ambush and do all the things. Playing with the commanders, all the crazy powers, working against you, which really sucks sometimes, working with you to screw over the enemies. I love Advance Wars. It has a very specific chunk of my life when I was in college playing it on my Game Boy Advance SP every single day before class. This is that. It's coming back. I'm going to get it. I'm going to play it. I'm going to love it. There's nothing else to say. That's it. You said it. You said it, Matt. All those reasons make Advance Wars so freaking awesome. I will just add that this is all being redone, coming out so everybody can play it. I'm so happy that everyone's thrilled about it. But here's the deal. As I'm betting, of course, this comes out if everybody buys it and everybody loves it, as I'm sure they're going to, I think this is them finally testing the waters to do the real deal next in line advance wars i really hope so i i i, I hope so too and i think what else could it be i feel like this is it this is gonna go okay oh, did, did that just make us millions yeah it did people still want that oh they sure the hell do okay all right i guess i guess i guess that's what people want and they're gonna do a brand new advance wars 
And on top of it, you get this nice, cool, remastered, cool version of Advance Wars 1 and 2 put together. Can you imagine how good and how epic and how different and amazing a new Advance Wars could be with all the bells, all the whistles? You could even go, oh my god, you can go even go like Tales of Arise version, uh-huh. where you still have the cartoony stuff, but it's also more realistic too. Oh, oh god, Jesus. <laughs> don't get hyped, don't get excited for it. Don't get no, excited. Don't. No, close it off, close it off. So, yes, I was, I was stoked to see that. But for me, the showstopper, I I can't resist it. I can't stop it. Metroid Dread. This game was gone. It was dead. It was gone. I had forgotten about Dread. Like, 100%. You know me. I hold on to things forever, Matt. I sit there going, they're going to do it again. They're going to come back. I I gave up. It was over. I I didn't ever think about it. This game I never knew existed. So it was so far off my radar. (laughs) I didn't even know anything about it. (laughs) And then this comes out, and they're like, yeah, we're doing Metroid Dread. We're finally doing that sequel, getting moving on with the fusion storyline, etc. Oh, it blew my mind. I was so happy, so happy. They did uh, the Samus Returns uh, right as the 3DS was dying there. Mm-hmm. That game, phenomenal. So awesome. Some people weren't too happy with the 2.5D, the graphics, kind of like how what they were doing with it. I thought it was great. I thought it was sufficient. It did the job. It still felt like that old school Metroid. And it looks like they're doing it again here, but way cleaner, way crisper, way more colors. It looked gorgeous, and it looked just like I want my Metroids to look. Hopping from you know sideways to sideways, blowing up the bubble doors, doing all that. And like I said, it's got that that fusion storyline, so it's super weird and dark and strange and crazy. And I'm all about it. I cannot wait to get back with Samus. See what kind of new funky moves I get being all messed up. You know, the suit's all freaking just violated and messed up. And I'm getting all these alien abilities. <laughs> oh, God, Matt. It's coming this year, too. It, it, it wasn't even like a, hey, uh, look forward to next year. Nope. Later this year, I get to have it in my Switch playing it. This is something I can't wait for either because Metroid is pretty much exactly like Legend of Zelda to me. Once it started going 3D... It was cool. I can appreciate it, but that's not for me. 2D Metroid is for me. This is 2D Metroid. You're looking at it on the side. You're jumping up and down. You're doing all the things. You're opening the bubble doors. You're going through. Now you have like a stealth ability because these things will come and instantly kill you. I can't wait to see how they evolve Metroid in this weird, you know, the weird suit abilities, the weird alien things, the corruption that's going on inside you. What is this facility you're going into that has these big monstrous robot things? I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to play a 2D Metroid on my Nintendo Switch. I was going to say a current gen console. It still is. That's fine. The newest, shiniest, hottest 2D style Metroid. I'm excited. I can't wait for it. Uh, But... It's a ways away, you know, and so is this next one. But uh, Mario Party All-Stars, Matt. I don't know if this did anything for you. But for me, my kids, you know, they like the board games, things like that. You know me. Not really my jam. I don't, I don't like sitting there playing Sorry and doing that kind of stuff. I do like playing video games, though. So, board games, video games, Mario Party. All right, I played the old ones back in the day when we were living in apartments and you know, having fun with all the friends, drinking beers, going crazy. Now let's do it with the kids, except not the beers part, but having the fun, being ridiculous, being crazy, being that they're all together in one system, one one game, updated graphics, but still play like they used to. I can't wait. 
because of course I played those old ones all the time. So I'm, I feel like I'm going to put on a glove, Matt, and I'm going to go, tch, tch, and it's going to be back, right back in the Mario Party world, beating the crap out of the kids, having such a good time doing it. Ah, oh, I was happy to see it. Now, that one doesn't do anything for me because I've never played a Mario Party before in my entire life. And I'm going to jump to another Mario series that I actually haven't played before in my entire life either. But I am excited for this one to come out. Mario Golf Super Rush. Everybody loves the Mario Golf games. They've been gotten phenomenal reviews. I did download to my flashcard in the flashcard days. More on that in another item that I'm going to talk about. I downloaded the Game Boy Advance one, started it. Thought, this is pretty good. I need to get back to playing it and never did. Now, here's a brand new Mario Golf game. I love the Mario universe. I love golf games. Like, I've played golf games, not anytime recently, but from when I was a kid to, you know, somewhat adulty times. I love playing golf games. So, I think this is the perfect spot for me to jump in. I don't know why it appeals to me so much, but when I see it, when I see Mario swinging that club and the ball going whoosh and he's putting spin on it and it's going right in the hole, it looks great. It just, it ticks all the boxes in my head, so I'm hyped for this one. I don't know why, but I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm excited as well. I, I loved, uh, I'm not a big golf guy either, until I started playing like real golf. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, this is actually fun and enjoyable. And then, of course, the old uh, the old Wii game, you know, Wii Golf, I was so good at that. And I know it's super simple, there was nothing real big about it. But, of course, the Switch is going to allow you to use the whole controller to swing again, just like I used to be able to do with the Wii. And being that's Mario Golf, I know it's going to stay simple. It'll probably be more complicated than the Wii Golf was, but it's not going to be ridiculous like Tiger Woods or anything. So I want to get it, and I want to play it as well. And I want to sit there online and be like, hey, Matt, want to do an 18-hole? Let's go. You know what I mean? Just pop, 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 and away we go. Or more than likely a 3-hole or a 9-hole. I'd never have time for an 18-hole. But Correct. But whatever. You don't, You get the gist of it. This would be that great game to where we don't have to be on a Borderlands night, do 3-holes, we both enjoyed it, had a good time, and then take off and do whatever. I feel like this one has potential to kind of get us doing something game-wise that's fun, but not on the... It has to be the night on this night that we're having the beers could be at work just do three holes real quick at lunch or something you know whatever absolutely and it doesn't have to be a serious game no because you and i play the shoots and the, and the kills and all this stuff hey man you want to just play some golf yeah man i got time to kill boom 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 easy peasy and speaking of non-serious games and time to kill this is the one i teased in the flashcart days whether it was my ds flashcart or my game boy advance flashcart there would always be a WarioWare game on that cart this is also a just perfect memory of my life of just playing WarioWare up way too late, watching Adult Swim. I loved the little micro games. I can't explain why. It's not super deep. It's just ridiculous, fun, simple, goofy, fun. That's it. So I'm excited to see this franchise back because I miss little tiny things that I can play in five minutes and either progress and pass that little level, or if I didn't, I don't care because the games come and go and whoosh, 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 and you have fun, silly, stupid times with them. And that's sometimes that's all you need out of video games. So WarioWare, get it together. I can't wait. Now, and that's it for me for Nintendo. I got only one more game I want to bring up. And it's like you said, just a random game. So All right. So we got random games. There's one. It's sort of a random game in here because I was surprised it was here and not anywhere else. Shin Megami Tensei 5. I'm excited for it just to fuse demons and use demons and play with demons again. Obviously, it's going to be, it's not Persona 
which is what hooked me into all that system. But I've played, I can't remember the title, but it was like the strategy RPG one on the DS. I played both mm-hmm. of those, and I like having my team of demons and fusing them and getting them back in here and there and strategizing in traditional, you know, three-on-three type of battles with them. So I'm excited to see this and see if it is up my alley because it's been a while since I've played a game like that, and I want to play it again. When I saw, you know, my favorites getting fused and stuff, mm-hmm. I went, there you are. I want to find Shiki Oji in this game and have a good time. And it won't be Persona, but I'll still be seeing my favorite demons and remembering my Persona times that I had with them and seeing if I can still have good times with them in the combat of this game, too. The reason I didn't mention this one is because I want to be excited and I want to be interested, but I'm kind of scared of this because yeah. I know that it has the DNA of Persona. Well, you know persona came from it so it's actually its father but whatever there are cool characters unique characters there are relationships amongst those characters and that looks promising that looks cool like you said all the baddies and demons etc they're all leaked over into persona and some of them are so fun and neat and like i said you said fusing them together getting better 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 and better and better all sounds awesome but i hear nothing about how difficult and strategic and ridiculous the combat is and, and just getting through this game is like a real, you know, you're you're writing down notes, mapping out stuff, going crazy. That's not for me. So I'm like, if they toned it down enough, it doesn't have to be as easy and, you know, doable as Persona, but it definitely can't be like super grind, super difficult. Right. Otherwise, I'd fall off and then it'd be another 70 bucks, 60 bucks I wasted on the, on the Switch and I'd be upset about it. So I didn't mention it just because... I want to be hyped, but I definitely got to make. I got to wait till I hear everybody talking about it and telling me how hard or easy it is before I'm even going to make a step on buying it. I agree with that. And so now we're spinning into the random games. I'm going to give you two quick hitters. One because there's not really much to say on it. Uh, it's unbeatable. It's a game I've been following. I saw a trailer for it. I think on Twitter somewhere, and I followed the dev for like a year and a half. They had no updates whatsoever, and I had to stop following them. And then they had. A trailer right here talking about unbeatable it's a anime styled rhythm action game you play as the character you run around having conversations and then you're like jamming in this world that like music is illegal and you get your friends together and you jam it's so stylish though when i see it it's almost so stylish that i can't parse it out but i'm glad to see that it has evolved from the nothing that i saw when i was following the dev for so long so it might actually come out i'm excited for that and then another one that I'm super excited for, I don't, I don't even understand what's going on with it, <laughs> Extra Galactica. This is another cyberpunk pixel art game about running fast and doing weird stuff. I watched the trailer again right before this. I don't have any idea what's going on. You're like a big, burly like football player dude, and then you have like this weird speedy cat thing on your shoulder, and... I don't know what's happening in this world. I don't know what's going on. But seeing that speedy cat thing, like, zipping through tunnels and killing enemies on the way and jumping up and down doing crazy stuff, it hooked me. I want to know what's happening. I want to know what's going on. What's this character? What are they doing? What's And, like, the few bits of dialogue you see, they look super goofy and weird. So it's, like, comedic? Is it just a straight funny game? Is it funny and then turns dark? What's happening in this world? I have no idea. The sound the music was bumping the whole time. The graphics completely appealed to my eyeballs looks great but i have no idea what it is i want to know more there's only one random one for me river city girls okay and this is a little two-parter because 
the first part of this is I missed out. I, I don't have, you know, the the Xbox, and even if, well, I do now, but whatever. I didn't have the means to play it when it first came out. And then I told Matt, man, this would be such a great game for me to play together. Because if you don't know, River City Girls is a take on River City Ransom that used to be on the Nintendo. You know, you play co-op, you go on a little cool side-scrolling adventure, beating up these different gangs, trying to get your girlfriends back. This one flips the script. You know, the girls going after your boyfriends who got kidnapped, beating up different gangs, going through the schools, going through the neighborhood. Sweet stuff. Graphics freaking phenomenal. Wanted to play it. Was so stoked for it. Guess what? No co-op online, Matt. Couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So even if I'd gotten it, which I later did have the ability to play it, doesn't matter. I can't play it with you. So I was sad. And I was like, well, what's the point? I can't even play it with my buddy. Have a good time. Ho, ho, ho. They came out and they said, River City Girls. And I was like, what? And they went, yeah, we're coming to the PS5, we're coming to the Switch, we're coming all back, and we're coming co-op online, everybody. You'll get to play with all your friends wherever you are, no matter what you're doing on any of the systems now. It's going to be a party. And I went, you're right. It is going to be a party. Mm -hmm. Matt, I know you've already played it, but we got to do it again now, playing assists, hanging out, saving our boyfriends. It will be ridiculous fun. I loved playing through it, even just playing solo. It was a blast being these characters, hearing their interaction back and forth throughout the story. It's going to be great when we do it again. I'm going to play that same character because you're going to pick the other one because we always pick the right one. It's going mm -hmm. to happen. It's, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> and then to add to it, you know, they had the post E3 shows where they did, here's the part twos, here's the part twos. They came back and they said, hey, not only are we doing PS5, Switch, River City Girls co-op online, everybody... But we're making River City Girls Part 2. Yes. It's the sequel. Nice. It's coming. It's in development. Please be excited. Coming at you sometime, who knows when, but eventually. So we get to play this, have a great time with it, let it kind of drift off into, like, you know, light memoryville, and then, bam, we're going to get hyped next year sometime for River City Girls 2, Matt, where we not only get to play as sisters again, but the, the boyfriends now are going to be have playable options. There's going to be a whole new set of new characters that you can also pick from. So it's going to be choice on choice on choice on choice doing more cool River City Ransom action. That's going to be awesome. And my last game that I'm excited about, it's another random one. It's one <laughs> when I was watching the Day of the Dev Showcase before we did the podcast that night. And I was sitting on my couch and I kept going... <sighs> Oh, God. Oh, hang on. That game looks cool. This is one of those games where I have that fragment of memory as I literally woke up and the guy went, Hello, I'm here to show you my new game, Loot River. And I went, Loot in a river? Okay. I don't know. And then I watched him play it. And this is, it's a roguelike game, so it's already somewhat up my alley. And he's going through and, you know, you fight enemies and then he showed off some big bosses. And I went, Wow, that big boss looks cool. But the hook of this game is that you travel via these sliding platforms. Like you, you walk up, you know, enter the screen, and it's like, you know, like a T intersection with like a, a Tetris piece on it. You step on the Tetris piece, now you can slide that Tetris piece all around, like all around the screen. And when you hook with other Tetris pieces, now you can walk onto those and move those and slide those. And of course, there's enemies that are trying to get at you. You're trying to kill enemies. So they showed off. This awesome piece of gameplay where he's trying to get to this chest in the center, but all around are his enemies. So he's sliding his Tetris piece over, and he's getting the enemies to slide onto his, and then he jerks his 
piece all the way over, puts his dude over on the next one, slides that one around, and he's like leaving these enemies stranded with no way to get to him. It ticked every box again of just, you know, it is a roguelike, there's combat, you're looting a dungeon, but there's this unique way of going about it. Where as when you're on your piece, you can like freeform move anywhere. Oh, it's just, you got to watch it in action. Me explaining it does not make any sense. But seeing him fight, like he, he fought a boss with the sliding platforms for like 10 seconds in the demo. And I went, I want to see what he can do with this mechanic, how you can do that to engage with like really creative, cool bosses. You know, maybe there's a platform with a spike on it and you got to get to that to drive it into the boss. But to get to that, you have to do all these other things. I can't wait to see more of this game. It looks crazy cool. There's so much potential to it. Obviously, I know nothing about it. It was like a 30-second, one-minute trailer. But it looked so unique and so cool. I had to mention it on here. Mm-mm. I've heard of it. People were talking about saying good things. But that's probably not up my river. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, we'll see if uh, it, it becomes something so big that I have to pay attention to. I'm glad you're excited. But, man, that about wraps it up for me, buddy. I got nothing else on this list right now. That's literally all three sheets of paper that we've finally gone through. I got nothing else here. Yeah. What about you out there in podcast listener land? What else is left on your sheets? Or do you still want to talk to us about the stuff that was on page one or page two that we did cover, but not in the way that you wanted to hear about it? Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Mm-hmm. While you're over there checking out Facebook, checking us out, hey, go over to Patreon. Try like a little tip jar, like what you hear, like what we're up to. Consider throwing a buck, two bucks, three bucks, thousand bucks, or maybe I'm gonna say it today, the coveted one million. It's still there. We'll we'll, we'll quit everything. We'll, we'll start up a food line. We're gonna have babies in jars. The unpatented, soon to be patented, freaking cold cocks. I mean, all sorts of stuff, you guys and gals and everybody else. I'm telling you. You're going to want to see it. Matt needs it. He needs to get out of this job and go start up the food line, all right? He might end up dead before we ever get to this dream. But you know what? <laughs> I will still be here for the very next episode, at the very least, which will be it'll be a pre-quarter end episode. The first day the quarter end starts when nothing's going on and we have nothing but blackness and doom and death and hate in front of us. That'll be the next episode because it'll be dropping on the 1st of July. So look forward to it. Please be excited. Please be excited. And <laughs> that episode will be dropping on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Poppy, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we do and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a view, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services. Because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. We do appreciate it. We appreciate the five-star reviews, folks. Get on the iTunes. Get a five-star review out there. You know what? Give me a five-star review. I'll get you a five-star review. I'll go find you, whoever you are, random human being on whatever device you're on, and I'll I'll put five stars or draw five stars or say five stars. I'll get you a five-star review. You know, I'll tell you how glowing and amazing you are. So do it for us, because I'll do it for you. And with that, there's nothing else to say but... Don't forget to say... Sit down.